your podcast for all things related to sci-fi superman prequel series krypton we have arrived at the finale and thankfully we had a renewal for season two before we watched this episode because let me tell you if i had to watch this episode not knowing whether or not it was coming back i might have needed intensive therapy um, <laughs> that was kind of my first thought when it was over too. Is like, thank goodness they they did us a solid and told us it was coming back before they aired this. I feel like people would have been very upset. Yeah. So thankfully, we got the renewal season two. Um, I was watching uh, Wallace Day did a Instagram uh, like live Instagram thing yesterday <clears throat> um, on the Krypton Sci Fi Instagram. And she had Cameron Cuff on and, and Sean Sipos. They were talking about different things. And it's not, like, set in stone, but she said she be they believe that the season two will air around the same time next year. So in, like, March. Um, so it'll be, it'll be, you know, a full year from now that <clears throat> we'll get a season two. She said they go back uh, in October to, to film. So. Uh, so far away. Feel so far away. Um, so I guess we should start off with, uh, did, did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Although it feels a little weird to say that I liked it when it was so upsetting in so many places. Um, but I think it was just another really solid reminder that this, this show, especially for something in its first season, is just willing to, like, go for broke on all fronts. So much happened in this episode. So many things surprised me in this episode. I feel like I need to watch it again, even though I've already watched it, like, twice. Just because there's so much. There's a lot. There's a lot to sort of unpack. And I think you notice more stuff each time you watch it. I'm excited to do a rewatch from the very beginning. I feel like knowing oh, how it yeah. knowing how it ends is going to uh, sort of sort of make that viewing experience a little different. I am really excited to watch like the first half of the show when you think it's kind of a different show than it turns out to be. Mm -hmm. Like that's gonna be weird. And I have to it, say there were things like hiatus episode. Yeah, there were things that happened in this episode that I was like, "There's no way," you know. Um, like there was a part of me that had thought earlier, like, is there a possibility that like something happens to Seg at the end of this season, like that he dies or something, you know? And, um, I don't know. I always feel like, you know, that's a character who's quote unquote safe and, you know, he doesn't die, but I mean, he definitely, he's definitely not there. <laughs> like 
he's gone for the time being. And we'll, I mean, which I get, which I guess could still track like you know the real timeline. If the real timeline, I'm making air quotes that no one can see, is that he was supposed to be lost in in the bottle. In, in the bottle. So that's kind of, I, it, and I guess they sort of show that by like the cape goes back to normal when he disappears, but like, you know, that's just, he's supposed to be gone. So that, that part is still, you know, true to the OG timeline. It's just other stuff, not so much. You know, what I thought was interesting about that particular development when you, when Zod tells him, you know, that he was lost in the bottling. Right. And you kind of get that realization that in the original timeline, um, you know, he he this is the moment when he, you know, he gets lost to to Lyda and Nissa and all of them. And so, of course, my mind immediately was like, OK, wait, let me track these things that <laughs> that happened. And so I, I guess if then we are to assume that Lyda is maybe already pregnant, uh, just maybe unbeknownst to her. Um, and that Corvex is probably Jor-El. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because if he, like, it's not like they would have more baby-making time right. with anybody. If if one of those two women is not Jor-El's mother, which I think we can safely assume is not true, then, you know, they don't really, he doesn't have time, he doesn't have time to date right now. Right. Well, and my thought was, so if, if in this original timeline he ends up getting bottled in Candor, I'm going to go with the assumption that Corvex is Jor-El. Um, I guess I'm like, oh, so maybe Nyssa felt like because he was lost, you know, that she should honor him and his house and, like, carry on his name. And so she ends up naming the child Jor-El as opposed to Corvex. Um but I also sort of was like, I'm guessing that this, that this uh, iteration of this story is one in which Kara does not exist. Because Kara's parent father, it, like, if Seg gets bottled in Kandor in the original timeline, then there's no third child. Would it? Okay, wait. Kara and... Kara and Superman are cousins. So oh, they... her... Father, um, Zorel and Jorel are brothers. Ah, okay. Right. So Zor So I guess not. Yeah, so I'm I'm assuming and I, I didn't you know, I've been listening and reading and I haven't uh had anyone ask Cameron Walsh's question yet, so maybe I'll have to tweet it at him and see if he answers. Because I'm just curious, I guess we're going on the assumption that Supergirl is not a thing in this timeline. Which is fine, I just wanted to know, you know. Or I get, or in this like universe, I guess. Right in this in this version of the universe, it's just Superman. There's no Supergirl, which is like we're. It's so funny. We went to this one thing that has literally nothing to do with the rest of the episode. <laughs> First, um, I but, mean, I hope anybody that actually listens to this podcast knows that we're not exactly linear. Although sometimes I do feel bad because I listen to you know other podcasts about about um, other shows, and a lot of them do like follow the episode in order. And I'm like, should we be doing that? But then I'm like, no, I don't think we should be. Because sometimes, you know, following the episode in order, you don't get as much time to talk about the stuff you think is interesting. You know, I have two thoughts on this. One of them is that, like, I do I do actually listen to podcasts that do that, <clears throat> that go through the episode, like, from start to finish and sort of, like, break it down. Um, and, and I enjoy that. But then sometimes I'm like, 
I'm going on the assumption that if you're listening to this podcast, you've watched the episode. Yeah. So you don't need me to tell you what happened. You watched it. Right? <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of the same thing like when you you know, I I've mentioned many times I write Krypton recaps um every week and when I went to write my finale recap, I more so wrote a reflection on the episode. Not necess- I didn't break down what happened in the episode. I just sort of, you know, com- made, made like a commentary on what happens and how I felt about the season as a whole because I was like, I feel like if you're reading this, you watched it. Yeah. Like you're not you're not going to read this if you didn't actually watch it, right? I mean, I assume. I mean, so, yeah. I also think it depends kind of like what what sort of show it is. Like I was listening to a Westworld podcast earlier and I think a show like Westworld lends itself a little bit more on that kind of thing because Westworld is all about like what are our crazy ass fan theories and all kinds of like drawing breadcrumb pieces together through that episode and the episode before it. It's like it, it's built on that sort of building like walking through joint speculation kind of thing. And I don't I don't know that that's what I would classify this sort of show as. Right. Yeah, so basically, you're going to get more of us just randomly talking about things that happen in the episode as we find excitement welcome, in them. Welcome to our <laughs> well, Welcome to my brain. Um, so, I think my biggest WTF moment of the entire episode... Everyone should be able to guess what mine is, like, instantly. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure yours is the same as mine. It was Nissa is a clone. Oh my god! I mean, hello world. I stand clones now. I guess it's fine. I was like, "What? Wait, what?" I have so many questions. Um, Number one, I guess clone takeover armies are awesome, and I'm into that now. (laughs) Nissa forever. I don't care. I don't care if she's a Westworld host or however this works. I have many questions. Um, one of which is, how does this work? <laughs> Another of which is, I guess these clones are really, like, true to life, since she didn't know she was a clone and is apparently capable of reproduction. Is her baby also a clone or just a regular person who could then be cloned themselves? Is there I so many? I need another flowchart. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't Jaxer refer to it as consciousness trans, like, consciousness transference or something like that, which, again, and we talked about that, this is made me think of Altered Carbon, because that's what you basically, like, put your, yourself on, like, a zip drive and then install it in the back of your head, um, so, yeah, okay, so she's not aware that she's a clone, so I guess you don't know you're a clone, and, again, going going to this whole Genesis Chamber thing, so I'm pretty sure they just take, because they just do, like, the blood prick, and then they make the baby. So I guess, yeah, that's fine. She must have blood because she's a living being, so it doesn't matter if she has reproductive organs. Oh, good point, good point. Um, but I, yeah. Um, I <laughs> there are more questions that I had, because so, in some grand, like, collision of my fandoms i was talking about westworld a second ago well guess what i was watching right before this finale i was watching like sunday's westworld and uh, like looking all i could look at her and think was like westworld host and the way they do it on that show is there's like these 
mind egg things that you can like transfer between host bodies and and it can be either either the host program or like a copy of an actual person's brain I guess and that is how I just sort of like was picturing this like you pick up this little orb and just plop it into another head like it was just you know sort of updating your Nissan when the new model year comes out or something and of course thank you Westworld for making me trust nothing immediately I'm like who else is a freaking clone yeah yeah so you know what I thought was really was where I went first with it was I immediately thought of Darren and I was like literally the worst person on any planet in the multiverse what garbage right but but so I'm always trying to like find people's motivations right so he was so devastated that his wife and his daughter died that he cloned her like he couldn't lose her so he he made another one right and so then I was like okay I guess all right like if I had that technology and my child died I might want to do that too and maybe that explains why Nyssa has been kept in Kandor while her sisters are in Kryptonopolis. Um, but then I also went immediately to when he was going to kill her. And I was like, oh, well, this is why he was going to kill her, because he knows he could just make another one. Can you, though? Is there, well, like, a... a oh my God, everything comes back to Warsaw. Is there, like, a database of people's, like... Well, yeah, because that's what she when she when Jaxer opens that thing last week. That's what it is. It's all the clones. But is that oh, okay? Wait, I think maybe I was conceptual. I was conceptualizing that room more as like the Matrix, you know, where all the little people bodies are in their pods and they like live in this room. And I thought those were like the clone bodies. But maybe you're saying those are already like, like I have a closet with winter coats in it. Yes. So I would just have a closet with some extra... Extra clothes. Extra, extra bees in there, yep. I guess. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like... Replace. So, okay. So it's weird that he would just, like, you know, replace one child with, like, another child's. But I was like, it makes his decision to kill her a little less horrible. Because in his mind, it's like... I'm killing this Nissa, but I can bring her back and she bl- she will be none the wiser. Just go upload another one. Right. And so, yeah, it's still really terrible, but it makes it like a little less terrible because he's not straight up murdering his daughter. Mm, I'm still on the straight terrible train. <laughs> that's, where I'm, that's where I'm at with that. Uh, it just, you know what it was for me? It just sort of suddenly made it different. You know, like, I, he, again, like you just said, he's still like a really terrible person, but I just... I was like, oh, this sort of puts a different spin on that particular situation. Again, still really awful, but, like, in his mind, you know, in his survivor mode, he's like, all right, I have to do this thing. I have to kill all these people who betrayed Brainiac, and, you know, Nissa's one of them, but, like, I have this ability to just get her back. So, like, in his twisted, weird mind, this is a plan that makes sense. And so it's horrible, but I was kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess I sort of see, like, how he got there. Therapy. Even... People in this show need it. Like, <laughs> but I have that. to say, if I, if I, and, and I feel like I sort of gush a little bit about everyone on this show, but I just, 
I kind of have to. Um, I thought that Wallace Day, her performance in that scene where she finds out that she's a clone, just stunning. I mean, her reaction, it was so great. Like, just seeing her face and this sort of, like, realization that her whole life has been a lie and it's not what she thought um, was just excellent. And I... Oh, gosh. And even before that, when she was so, you know, not without my daughter about to get her... I mean, I know she's having a boy, but... (laughs) I just loved that book years ago. But anyway... The point is, like, I just loved her suddenly being, like, so fierce about I'm going to go and get my Genesis Chamber pod thing. I'm going to have to do, like, a whole deep dive at some point about this Genesis Chamber makes no sense. I don't understand why she has, like, this tiny egg that is the baby. Is it growing? You just, like, decide, well, I'm ready to parent now. Push your button and it, like, pops out. I don't know. But I love that that Nissa, who at various points in this season has been portrayed as as selfish and scheming and like out for herself and her family, like her first, you know, for advancement purposes, not out of affection, but like her first reaction here is like the world is coming to an end. The everything is turning to shit. I have to go like rescue my kid. I just another perfect example of how the show so well does like you can over the course of the season just like draw an arc of how everyone on the show is changing but the show does not feel a need to like lampshade everything with like look at how this character is changing right so good it you know it's one of the it's the and i feel like i sort of overuse this word a little bit but it's really the only adjective i can think it's the the nuance that's there you know like you said it's like it's not no one's wearing a bright neon sign that says look at me i've made a personality change it's just these little things that they do from episode to episode that you can actually see them slowly change you know and she sort of learns you know, she learns compassion and, and love, I think, you know, from from being with this group of people. You know, from being near Seg and having this child to care about and, you know, um, and yeah, I have many questions about how exactly, like, the egg baby works, but... Yeah. Part of me was like, where is she going to take it? Like, where's she going to put it? <laughs> like, how does this work? Is it just, like, in there? A charger, like an iPhone? Like, can she just put it in her purse? How does this... Whenever they get to wherever they're going, like, how are they going to un-egg the baby? I So many questions. Yeah, I don't... Yep. Yeah, no, same thing. I was like, I don't understand what she's doing with it afterwards. Like, because part of me was like, is she going to get a baby? Like, is it full grown? Like, is she about to take a baby out of the Genesis chamber? But then she was carrying around the dinosaur egg. And I was like... It was very Jurassic World. I was like, um, <laughs> all right. So, what now? I mean, I guess she probably, in her mind, she's probably like, I'll just bring it to the fortress. Because Hollow- Valogram seems to know how to do everything anyway, so... Oh, Space Granddad would probably be like a great babysitter. Absolutely. So, oh... Okay, so let's move away from this for a second and talk about Space Granddad and how Wait, I, one, more, one more thing. Oh, yes. One more thing I need to say about the next thing, and that is, did I need to know if you also, I was 100% prepared for Jaxer to be like, and Nissa, I'm your mom. Yeah, so, me too. But I guess, yeah, I guess we all misread that. I guess we all just, you know, 
assume and that it was a, like similar fashion sense or something. I don't. I guess oh, all blo- all blonde women on Krypton are not related. <laughs> well, there's only like two of them, so they could. Yeah. <laughs> I was like so convinced that that was going to be her mom, and then nope. Nope. Which makes me wonder how does she like? I know that previous episodes have like established that she and 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 Jaren have like a past, but how does she know all of this? Like, did she help him? Like, clearly the clone technology came from whatever her codex thing is, which I still don't really understand what that is either. But did he, did she know that he did that because reason? I don't, I feel like there's definitely some story there that we still don't have. I thought that story was going to turn out to be that they had like a, a, a torrid affair and she was secretly Nissa's mom. But now that that's not it, I don't know what I think it is. <laughs> right. Um, so, so what I think, okay, so what what I got from from the information that we've received so far is that, so she was in the Science Guild with Val, and Darren, so I'm, I'm confused, was Darren part of the Science Guild, or is he just this weird, like, clinger who goes around? I don't really understand that part. But, but, but <laughs> we're talking about how, you know, Nissa's mom kind of, like, married down. Right. So... So what what my understanding was is that she was trying to develop a way to cure disease, right? And just to, to you know bring Krypton into a more advanced age where they they could live a little bit longer and that you know no one would have any type of ailments or or things like that. And so her what, whatever she was doing, whatever this development, this science development that she made did something genetically that allowed a clone to be made. That wasn't her purpose. That wasn't what she was trying to do with it, but it's just kind of sort of how it, how it came to, for you know, came about. A and then accidentally made a clone. Right. Or accidentally made the technology to make a clone. Right. And so I think, so the codex from, from man of steel, the codex is what is like, uh, Jor-El puts it into super, uh, Kal-El's DNA and sends him off to, earth and that's why um zod is going to get him because he wants the codex so the codex is in in man of steel is um i i think i have i think i'm explaining this properly internet let me know if i'm not um it's like the the genetic like encryption for everyone on krypton oh okay i think that's what it is i, I think that's like in layman's terms what it is um, I have to admit, I have not watched Man of Steel like since it came out, so we should probably put that on our list of, of hiatus episode topics. We'll do a rewatch or something, because I feel like this is clearly playing in kind of closely. Yeah. And I honestly like don't remember it. Um and so so what my so bearing that in mind, my my understanding was that, you know, she created this thing that was meant to, you know, help them um you know, not have, have this disease and stuff by being like, oh, here's, like, I can, like, reinfuse, like, your DNA or something to remove, to remove the, the disease, right? Um, so I just Googled this, I just Googled this really quickly because I wanted to make sure I'm correct that we're talking about it. So the Growth Codex, or Registry of Citizens, is an ancient Kryptonian artifact that decodes the genetic makeup of the artificially incubated babies on the planet. It translates a child's genetic attributes before his or her birth. Zod was born to be a soldier as dictated by the Codex. 
So essentially, the codex is what what is in the Genesis chamber. It's what it's what creates the the fetus, the fetuses. Okay. Right. Okay. So that's the thing she came up with, and I guess she didn't realize that you could then essentially clone yourself or your child. And like she says to Nissa, there was enough like genetic makeup left over from the accident that he was able to recreate you. Ugh. Which is, yes, like kind of creepy and gross. Um, but, you know, it's interesting sort of, and I'm really intrigued next season to learn more about her, um, her relationship with Darren and with Val and how that all is going to translate now because, you know, this is a person who worked on saving lives who then turned into, you know, the head of Black Zero, which is a terrorist organization. And so it, it'll be interesting to sort of see, like, how she got there and, um, you know, how she's different than, than the, you know, the woman she was when she was, when she was trying to, to advance, you know, their, their society scientifically. And yeah, I mean, just literally everyone on this show is just so great. Like, she's such a good addition. Um, and I noticed, like, a little, there was, like, a little a little smile between her and Val. So I was like, oh, we all thought she had a thing with Darren, but maybe... Oh, no. oh my gosh. I was like, oh, no, ship it. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm here for this. I'm here for it. Like, they're a cute little smirk at each other. Like, I don't think either of them actually, like... I, I don't think they've exchanged words. Like, I don't think they've done anything except stare at each other, and I'm like, I'm here for it. Let's right. Go. I'm here. I'm here for it. Make it happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, because that happens at the very end, and her and Nissa just walk into the, uh, into the fortress, and then there's that, like, the speech is going on, the, the epic, the epic ending of the, of the show. I mean, can anyone just wander in and out of the fortress now? Appar- <laughs> apparent, apparently. Well, I guess if you just know where it is, which does Nissa does. Does have a lock? Like, come on, people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Zod just rolls up with Brainiac, so. Yeah, I think they need to work on some security measures. <laughs> See, maybe maybe this is how, how we get to, like, by the time Superman has his fortress, it just, like, appears and then, like, cloaks itself. You know, he, like, puts the thing in the ground and then it makes... Well, we can't, we can't just let any old trash person, like, wander, wander. in <laughs> off the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it seems like everyone knows where the fortress is now and they're just going in and out like it's like it's a train station like this is where we live now we're this all here is, this is where we are this is where we're at um but so i mean a lot of stuff actually happened in the fortress this week there was a lot of action in the fortress and i think one of my favorite moments from the whole from the whole episode was when they pulled actual space granddad out of the Phantom Zone. Damn, I was so happy. Uh, so I literally liked, so what I thought was really cool was how Zod explained that. And when he was like, I'm going to go in there and it could be like weeks or months. He goes, but for you, it's going to be instantaneous because like t- space and time aren't really like a thing in the Phantom Zone. Like they don't exist the same as they do, you know, in, in their, in their present day. Um, so that was really cool because it was like literally like he goes in and then he's back 30 seconds later. The thing I thought was weird about that is he gives them that whole story about how only one person can go in and out with the garage door opener. Um, <laughs> but 
yet he was able to bring him with him when he came back. And I was like, I thought only one person could use this. I'm confused. But I was like, whatever. Uh, I guess because well, he's, like, holding think, on to him. I, I think that, that maybe he is an unreliable narrator. Uh, <laughs> and not entirely trustworthy. Yeah. But although, you know what I find funny about him? Actually, I feel like he is the most, like, unapologetically honest person. Because whenever they call him out on stuff, he's like, yeah. Like, and this is, like, so you betrayed him and thinking that, like, she's, you know, like, saying something vile to him. And he's like, yeah, no, I did. I mean, only one of us could get out. So, yeah. I mean, he does not care. Right. It's, like, gives zero. <laughs> like, he's just, like, you yeah, know, I, yeah. He's, like, whatever. And then when he comes out and Val says something, he's, like, yeah, we'll worry about our, our differences later. He's, like, we have other important, you know, matters to get to. Um I'm super intrigued to know what went down between General Azad and Val when they were in the Phantom Zone together. I mean, they were in there a long time. Yeah. That's, you know, who is, is it? Is it Sartre that's like hell is other people? Like, yeah. that's a, that's a long time. That's a long time. And, uh, I really loved, like, oh, it was so sweet. Like, that whole moment, I was crying. I mean, I was crying, like, actual tears, like, sobbing when, um, you know, Seg is like, Grandpa, and he's like, you know, it's me, Seg. He's he's like, you think I wouldn't recognize my own grandson? And, and they're hugging, and Seg is smiling, like this nice smile that we haven't seen since probably the first episode. And it was just so, I like... Love, I love Space Granddad so much. My favorite part was where you could see hologram Space Granddad just kind of, like, eye roll and disappear <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was like, oh, guess I'm not needed anymore. Like, peace out, I guess, later. <laughs> oh, also, I think the other thing that made that scene particularly, like, super, like, heart-swelling was that as you see him, like, appearing, right, from the Phantom Zone, they show the cape, and you see the S and the music. They play the Williams theme, and so you're like, oh, my God. I know, we're all suckers, I oh, think. Oh, we're such I suckers. Like, yes, music is so great. He's and emo an emotional people. musical swell can make me weep. Just, it's, yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, it was, like, so good that I didn't even remember until today. I was like, man, this show is really bad at actually killing people. Like, every time they've tried to, like, I'm making air quotes again, kill off a major person. Like, that person has been totally not dead. So, normally I would have complained about that way sooner, but uh, I was too happy. So I didn't want space for a dead to be dead. Yeah. You know what was really funny was I loved when they were like, they were all psyched. Like, they're like, alright, you're here. So you figured out a way to defeat Brainiac. And he's like, no. Nope. <laughs> And all I thought of when he was talking about that was, um, spoiler alert, Infinity War. When Doctor Strange <laughs> is like, I've seen 300 million different outcomes and they all end badly except for one. <laughs> except that Space Granddad was like, nope, there's no outcome in which uh, we defeat him and everything is fine. Uh, well, I mean, at least Brainiac looked great, though. I have to give him that. Oh, like, my that God. So good. So good. I, I want, like, a... Um, Maybe there, I bet you there's like probably some kind of behind the scenes stuff somewhere on the website about this that I should look for. I would love to know how much of Brainiac's like whole look is like practical makeup and effects and stuff versus something they add in post production because he looks 
great. He looks amazing. And if you, and I think uh, what was really cool is like, if you're a comic fan, this is like, this is what he looks like. You know, <clears throat> like I've seen a bunch of pictures of like, you know, Brainiac in the comic and, and he's, it, this is pretty comics accurate. Um, so like, if you're somebody who really loves that character or that story, like it's pretty awesome. I also feel like bullshit. I also feel like the people on Supergirl should just hide because their Brainiac is awful. <laughs> he looks like a um. Oh my gosh, it's so good that my boyfriend is like not in the room with us right now because he would yell at me. He's a big Trekkie, but there's some alien on Star Trek that is blue and has kind of like the the white hair. He this Star Trek alien that looks almost exactly like the Brainiac on Supergirl, and I have moments where I get. You know, I'm not paying attention, and I'm like, why is there a Star Trek alien on the show? But and I can't remember what the alien is <laughs> called, but it looks exactly like that, and it looks like a Star Trek alien, so not great. Yeah, not so great. But um, <laughs> but not not bashing Supergirl. Um, but Brainiac is just too, and and Blake Ritson who plays him is so like, he's just so good. Just the the way he like makes facial expressions and. Just the way he, like, moves and, oh, he's such a cool, he's such a cool villain. And I'm, and I'm, obviously, we're, I'm sure, going to get him back at some point, so I'm excited about that. Because he's really cool. Like, he's definitely really cool. Oh my gosh, can you imagine being stuck with him in the fan zone? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I mean, we know that he does, at some point, get out of the Phantom zone. Because... So let's talk, let's talk about the, let's talk about Adam for a second. Cause my dear Adam, my, we only saw him twice and he didn't even speak. <laughs> and I was like, this is some BS, but anyway. Uh, so we finally figure out where Adam is. So Adam, for those of you who were not sure exactly what you were seeing, Adam is in Detroit. If you look. Don't feel cl- bad anybody. I have to be like, how did you know that? And. If you yeah, if you look closely at the scene when Val is explaining what happens when Brainiac bottles a city, um, and they start zooming in on on the cityscape, in the right hand corner is uh, Tiger Stadium. Um, Never would have guessed that. So yeah, so Adam has returned to Detroit in whatever future he came from, but obviously the timeline has been changed. Um. Because two things have occurred on Adam's Earth. One of them is that General Zod has conquered Earth, as there is a large statue of him in the middle of Detroit. It's very Stalin-esque. Yeah, it's like kind of creepy. Um, and then the other thing is that eventually, obviously, Brainiac in this future, in this current timeline, in the future, does get out of the Phantom Zone and continues to bottle cities because he has bottled Detroit. And Detroit is chilling on the Brainiac ship, and Adam is in it. Um, I am confused about why Adam is able to move around and no one else is, but I guess maybe that's because the freezing only happens during the bottling. Yeah, I question that was mark. My guess is that like he just showed up there, and remember that see, I think it was like two episodes ago now the the where we were like, where is he and who is that lady? I think that was just, like, a random frozen person, but we didn't understand that at the time because we didn't have the context for, like, where he was, and I think he's not frozen because he got there later. Right. Yeah, like, I I think the freezing only happens during the bottling, and then, um, 
Yeah, I actually went back through the through through our Twitter timeline to my little polls that I had posted after that episode. Um, and there was like, so one of them was, who does Adam meet at the end? And so I said the the 29% of you that said random earthling were correct. Good job. Um, and then where and when is Adam at the end? And the, the choices were Earth, Ran, Future Krypton, and an alternate timeline. So those of you, the 11% of you who guessed Earth were partially correct, and the 46% of you that said alternate timeline were also partially correct. Because it's still his timeline. His timeline is just different now. Well, right. Well, because they changed what happened in the past, now Adam's entire future that he came from, it's so, it's so really head like, like headache-inducing to discuss time travel because it sounds so confusing. So the future that Adam came from is now different. Yeah. Right. But he's not like, it's not like he went to like Earth 2 or something. No. He went back to his Earth... His timeline is just different now. Okay. So, yes, partially partially correct. So, partially correct. So, we are in an alternate timeline in that the timeline, the OG timeline, has now been erased and replaced. And Adam is wandering around the Bottle City. I'm super intrigued as to how Adam's going to get out of the Bottle City. Who's going to get Adam out of the Bottle City? Because no one knows Adam is alive. Oh, that's true. They don't think he's dead. Right. And I'm like, I also feel like the only person that's like super concerned about Adam, like I'm like looking online and everyone is talking about everything else. And I'm like, does no one care about getting Adam out of the bottle but me? (laughs) Well, I mean, at least he's like alive and in one piece and there's probably snacks and all the like frozen (laughs) apartment. He won't starve to death. I'm sure. He's like, not ideal situation, but could be a lot worse. Yeah. Um, so I'm really interested. I'm just interested because I know I'm, I'm feeling like we're going to get some other characters that are going to go find him. I don't know that necessarily like our characters are going to find him. So I'm interested to see how all that ends up playing out and going down. Um, but yeah, so for those of you who are, because I feel like it was a little bit confusing as to like what, what, who, what, when, where exactly oh, I was, totally, was, I was going totally on with that. Adam. But yeah. But yeah. Um, can we talk? <laughs> okay, I'm of two minds on this because I think um, I think Brainiac's skull ship is amazing looking. Oh, so cool! But I, but I think for something that looks that badass, like it's it's sort of threatening ability should be a little some depicted in a way that makes it look a little bit I don't know, not like a space Roomba. <laughs> like it's like I was gonna roll up and like vacuum up this city. Like it, 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 <laughs> it was, it was a little weird. That is, that is real. That is absolutely one hundred percent what it looked like. What was kind of cool about it though was it's a lot larger than I thought it was. I mean, I guess you got to have room for like, all that. It's stuff. like the size of like a moon. It's huge. And then I was like, y'all really didn't see that floating outside in the atmosphere. Like it's legit the size of like a moon. These people pay no attention. None. Like none. I mean, I know you're under a dome, but there are frequent travels out outside into the snowy ice caps. So, like, you didn't notice this big, gigantic ship just, like, hovering? Like, <laughs> Got a lot to work on at the society here, you guys. It's I know. Kind of a lot. I know, that's sort of like a minute thing. But, yeah, that's what's so funny. 
Like a spaceship rumba. I couldn't stop. Like, every time I was like, man, this thing looks so awesome and threatening. And it's like a interstellar vacuum cleaner. That's just not not what I wanted it to be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Space Roomba. You heard it here. Oh, that's so funny. Space Roomba, Valogram, Space Granddad. I am a little bit, speaking of one more thing on Space Granddad, I am really excited to actually get to see him, like, do some stuff for real. Because you know he's going to be, like, head dude in charge of, like, the fine seg brigade. And (laughs) I hope he gets to, like, beat someone up. Yeah, I'm excited for him to be, like, a a whole person. You know, like, because, like, Valogram is cool and all, but, like, you know. A computer program. He's a computer program, you know. Um, and even though he is, like, the most realistic computer program I've ever seen in my life, uh, you know, he's not actually still a person. So, it's cool that we actually get him. I was also super happy for Seg to get, like, a family member back. I mean, we have to remember, it's been, like, like, three weeks. I mean, he's been through it, like, a lot. So, I was like, oh, victory for you. You get your grandpa back. For, like, an hour. Yeah, for, like, an hour. It's fine. Um... (laughs) I did really appreciate uh, his, his you know, little ruse and how he got Brainiac on the platform. Yeah. But he's smart sometimes. He is. He, he is. is. He, does some, he does some good stuff. And, oh, the other time I was, like, clutching my, my heart and, and trying not to sob was when he was getting pulled into the into the Phantom Zone and he says to his grandfather, start believing in a better tomorrow again. There always has to be an L in winter. <laughs> <laughs> there must be an L on Krypton. Uh, then like I was like, oh, this is it's like echoing the last time they had to part. It was so sweet. I know. And it sort of is like a nice um I mean I know we've seen this a ton of times, but it's like a nice kind of put a pin on it for the season that like Steg kind of believes in a better future still. Right. You know, he, he some of the cynicism that that he's kind of experienced this season has, has been replaced by, you know, what's our key word? Hope. <laughs> well, I think we've, we've seen him really go through like his hero journey, you know, like he's really, he's really come out the other end uh, as, as what we want, what we thought he would be and, and sort of what his trajectory and in, in his destiny or his fate in life would be is to become this person who's really, his concern is other people and, you know, saving everyone and believing that there's another way and that there's a better tomorrow. Aww. And it was so, like, it's so Superman-y and I loved it. <laughs> Me too. You know what I did not love is Drew Zod. <sighs> uh, who is the worst after Darren Beck. And I just cannot believe that there was a point four or five episodes ago <laughs> where we were like, Maybe he's really not that bad. Maybe the you know he's a good person. He is misunderstood. <laughs> nope, trash. Nope, trash. Um, I just want to say Adam was right, and no one listened. <laughs> and while a lot of this is Adam's fault, <laughs> he, he was he was still right. He still told them when Drew, as soon as he showed up, he was like, don't trust him. He's horrible. We have to get rid of him right now. And nobody listened. 
like, oh my gosh, the part where he was like, I don't really care. Like multiple times, he's like, I don't really care what happens to literally anything else as long as I get to rule Krypton. Like, oh, is everyone going to die? Am I going to like get like, don't care. Is the rest of the universe doomed? Is the planet going to still explode? Don't care. Oh my God. I think when we were tweeting at one point, I said something like, Zod is really doing the most like just really doing the most over this planet like can't you just find another planet to conquer like i don't understand i mean i know people are real attached to home and stuff but like we're kind of cool but i just don't it's not like (laughs) but he's he's super attached like it's like what but why (laughs) like it's it's not that awesome you you could go elsewhere and i don't i don't know like like, the whole time I'm thinking, like, you were aware that you could be, like, super powerful on Earth, for example. So why don't you just go there and, and conquer know. Earth? Like, I don't, I mean, not that I want you to do that, but I'm just like, I don't, you're just really doing a lot right now. And it's, I mean, it really, and I think part of the reason that it feels a little bit jarring is that it goes from, like, zero to 11 in, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know we're. I know that him being willing to like break out Doomsday to stop the voice around was kind of like a big deal and stuff. But like, I feel like there were just so many instances in this episode of him being completely like we've gone well past the the you're kind of like an anti-hero person to you're just hot garbage and I can't wait for somebody to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I think, too, you know, you can kind of see in that final scene, like, Lyda's really evaluating her life choices. I feel a little, <laughs> like, okay, this is not really me, and I'm sorry. Like, I think this episode did not do Lyda a lot of favors. Um, I love that she got to be, like, super, you know, she got to be brave and be like, I'm going to go take over the Sechtara, and, like, we're going to stop this, and she had to shoulder the deaths of all those people that sucks but i'm like i don't know how we and maybe there's just a step here that i didn't see or that the show didn't have time to tell me but i wish i had seen a step between her being really upset about everything that happened to her men and and sort of freaking out about the fate of their city to suddenly like being the right hand of like her insane son like i don't I, I I would really and maybe we'll get this next season because there was a time jump, so there's like a a month is was it a month I don't remember I think it was a month between between everybody yeah. disappearing into the fan zone and and you know literal hell on earth but so maybe somewhere in that month period there's something we didn't see where she was like hey son of mine you're making some poor choices and this is not the road that I would choose for you as your mother like trying maybe like don't be a brutal dictator but I wish I'd seen like a little bit of that because it sort of felt to me like she was being too accommodating of him a little bit yeah I think maybe and you know of course we'll see what what happens next season but um I was my mind I was thinking that you know she you know he thinks that she's on his side and he you know she's won his trust so maybe she's just sort of going along with it until she can sort of find an alternative just so that she's at least close to him and so she knows what he's doing. 
um, because she does look at the end, like, her and Dev, too. Dev definitely has this look of, like, what did you yeah. just get me into? Like, WTF, Lyda. But he is so loyal to her that he's, you know, gonna stand by her side the whole time. But she definitely has this this look on her face of, like, oh, God, bad life choices. Like, so... I was wondering if I, I was supposed to read it as kind of a... Um, because she has that, that moment with Deb where she's talking about her mother and how her mother you know, made this really hard choice and went against everything she stood for because she loved her child and wanted to help her. And I wonder if, if number one, it's not something similar happening with her and Drew, or if she's, like, thinking... I was kind of like, am I supposed to read it in the sense that she's thinking about, I, you know, I shot my mom. Like, I turned against her even after she did all of this stuff for me. I chose my son. I chose his side. Like, if she feels that she has to make that worth something. Like, that has to somehow, like, make that choice count in the plus column, since she can't undo what she did to Jaina. I don't know. That was kind of how I was like, maybe. Eh. But she definitely does look uncomfortable in the last shot, which is hopeful. Yeah. Because girl, son is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Real crazy. Real crazy. I, um... Yeah. yeah, one of the cool, the, I think the probably coolest moment of the episode was the end, when he's, like, telling everybody, like, what the plan is and how, you know, they're gonna branch out and conquer, you know, they're gonna go out into the universe and conquer other places, and they will all kneel before Zod! <laughs> I was like... I mean, his eyes were bugging out of his head in a really terrifying way. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Colin Salmon is the best General Zod ever in TV oh, or film. He is, he is my Zod. The way that the way that Amy Adams is my Lois Lane, I was like, that's my General Zod. He is just so good, and I just, like loved that. That was just so cool, and and like how they were like showing all the different. You know, like as he's giving the speech, and you see like Adam look up and see the statue, and you know, you see Nissa and Jax go into the fortress, and then you see Lyda looking forlorn as he's giving this whole speech. We get to see Kem. Kem is apparently being made a Sagittarii. Still alive. Still alive. Oh. Um, that was just such a cool. And, and as if that wasn't cool enough, then the like tagline of the finale is Doomsday crushing through his his cage or whatever. Security protocols are just not something <laughs> that this planet does well. They should look into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I could expect, as I said her name a second ago, I'm going to come back to this. Like, I could not believe that Jaina was not in this episode at all. I know. Well, it, you know, it was, it was funny. I mean, they had they had to do a lot, and, like, a lot happened. And, like, everything that happened, I, I don't feel like there's something that happened that could have been removed for something else. But I was like, oh, we're really not going to see Jaina, like, at all? Like, you're not going to tell me where she is? I mean, I know she's fine, and she's with Vidar, but I was just like, oh, like, we're not going to see... Surprise, still alive, but right. we're not going to address that till next season. I was like, yeah, we're not going to see this at all. Okay, that's this is a thing we're doing. It's kind of like how we didn't see Adam last week. Got it? All right. I was like... I know, I'm so little Adam this week. You're kind of like an Adam-free couple weeks. And it's a little unacceptable for me, but I'll get over it. It's okay. 
Adam is like, I don't know if Adam is my, I don't really have a favorite character because I love all of them so much. Um, I stay in a clone army now, so (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I honestly think, I think Jaina is probably my, if I had to pick like a number one favorite character, I think it's Jaina, but, um, and like, I really love Adam, Adam and Seg particularly too, um, their relationship. I can't wait for them to reunite. Of the the OG ship there in like several weeks now, and that's very upsetting. Yeah. Oh, maybe he can get a new hat. <laughs> I can't believe how excited it, I sounded about that. I'm hoping he comes back with a jetpack. With his with his his traditional his traditional uniform from the comics. I'm kind of thinking that it's, that Alana will go save him. That's what I'm thinking is happening. I'm assuming that his little Zeta beam, uh, like that that Sardoth and Alana can like see where he is, because he has their Zeta beam, because they were able to pluck him out of Krypton before. So I'm wondering if like that's going to be like kind of how how he gets out of there. But wait, I just had a thought. I don't know that this could be extremely crazy, but we were talking about how, well, Brodiak must get out of the Phantom Zone because Adam's world is bottled, but, which I guess is still true, but I'm like, he could be on Krypton just in the, in the space Roomba that's apparently, I'm assuming, still parked outside the city. I hope someone holds <laughs> it, please, because I, I seriously doubt any of them are capable of moving it. Maybe the ship, like, automatically went into the Phantom Zone with him, because they're, like, attached. Are they attached? I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm just saying that they're attached. I'm not sure that they're actually attached. I feel like Brainiac is, like, weirdly attached to lots of things. Like, how he, how he magically appeared after, like, the voice body died last week, so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Serious battery pack on his person or something. So I feel like the ship is connected to him and maybe the ship went with him. I kind of am now really entertaining myself with the idea that that Zod is establishing this like horrible like fascist empire, but the like skull Roomba is still just parked. <laughs> just parked it's just like the, hanging like, out on the yeah. side. It's like pay no attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but I'm like if it is still there, like couldn't I I mean Theoretically, someone should be able to just walk into its gaping front door and and pick up one of the bottle worlds. Although then I guess I don't know what happens if you like what happens if you break it. Does everyone die or does it just sort of like reinflate like a like those monkeys in the bath? I don't know. I'm getting tangent here. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I know we go down these like little rabbit holes of things that probably are not important, but I just can't help but think about them. I know. I feel like I definitely overanalyze some of these things <laughs> on the show a little aggressively. Mm-hmm. Well, I but also feel like when you watch an episode multiple times, that's what happens because you already like know what's happening. So then you start to pick like minute things out where you're like, oh, well, you know. What about what about this thing? Like how I had to go down this whole tangent about the original timeline, which really doesn't matter right now. But but I had to like be like, so I guess in the original timeline, like Lyda and Nissa must have some type of relationship because their kids are best friends. Oh, that's a good point. Right. 
Right, but I mean, like, is that really significant in any way, shape, or form? It's not. We don't need to talk about this more. <laughs> all right now. I did like, um, you know, Nissa going to Lyda and the two of them, like, sneaking back into the city. I know, I did. Ladies get, ladies get shit done on the show. Yeah, absolutely. While the men are busy yapping, the women are getting stuff done. <laughs> Because that is literally what happens. Like, the th like three of them are having, like, this whole, like, conversation, and Lyda and Nissa just deuce out. Like, <laughs> they're all <laughs> arguing over, like, they're all, like, arguing over what to do, and then it's, like, they turn around, and it's, like, where'd they go? And, like, and Lyda has gone to, like, I, I really, like, appreciate that Lyda is, like, not going to back down from a fight. Mm hmm but I'm just not sure on what planet she thought that she was going to be able to, like, do anything to Brainiac. Who literally later on the episode flicked his finger and I threw also, Sag across a room. We <laughs> also need a primer on what his, his abilities are, because he waved his hand later and, like, 50 ships, like, exploded. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, awesome move, but how... I don't, I, yeah. I don't know enough about Brainiac okay. to, uh, answer that question. Um, I guess, I mean, he's a 12th level intellect, so, I don't know. Yeah. He just, yeah. he just knows how to do stuff. It's magic. I mean, I guess, like, a lot of brain power could theoretically just, you know, be magic. Oh, I was so mad, too, when, um, Zod, like, busts up the little, like, computer that could open the Phantom Zone. I know. Such a Does jerk. He really is the worst. I just can't believe how, like, seriously I believe that he was going to be, like, you know, that he was not not straight up evil. <laughs> that he was, was going to be kind of like a pseudo, at least an anti-hero, if not like a pseudo good guy. And instead, he is building, like, Stalin-esque statues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At one point, I was like, oh, you know what? This is really just, like, a matter of, like a difference in ideals, right? Yeah. Like, like it's just a thing where, like, he just, you know, has a different sort of moral compass than Superman, and he has different ideals about how, you know, one should live their life. No, no, no. No, he's just crazy. Yeah. He's, he's just nuts. That's just insane. Insane. Um, oh, well, we didn't talk about what I think was probably the coolest moment in the episode was when... Or did we talk about this? No, we didn't talk about it. When Seg gets pulled into the Phantom Zone and the cape rethreads. Oh, yeah. That shot was so cool. So I was all ex I was all pumped. I'm like, yes! I'm like, alright, Superman is, is saved. Although I was confused because I was like, wait, but Kandor isn't getting taken. Um, so how is that possible? <clears throat> but then it quickly... It becomes a Zod cape. And then I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, it took me way too long to be like, what is it doing? And then I was like, oh, no. Yeah. That was really cool. Because I guess, correct me if I'm wrong here, I guess the cape changing is that Krypton doesn't blow up and Zod just ruled it? Or yeah. Zod ruled it and they never, like, Seg is gone, so Cal never... It happens and I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure there um I think I think what the symbolism of it was that just like um 
you know, Zod then comes to be sort of like the Kryptonian on Earth. Not necessarily that he's a savior or anything in any way, the way that Superman is. I think the cape changing is just like a signif signifying that Kal-El never goes to Earth. He never becomes Superman. But Zod does go to Earth to take it take it over. Like, I think Kal-El still is probably born and everything. He just doesn't ever leave Krypton. Because Nissa's carrying little Jor-El around in her dinosaur egg. <laughs> Hope she's got a charger for that. She's going to plug it in somewhere in the fortress. In a little ice bed. Space Granddad will know what to do. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it covered. Well, she has Jaxer. She created the whole thing, so. She, she could whip, whip something up in the fortress quick, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about so much, like, I want to talk about so much thing, you know, so many more things. I'm like, what could happen next season? But I think we're going to save that for, like, its own episode later so that this isn't, you know, two hours long. But I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of, like, conflicting thoughts and sharing thoughts and, yeah. I just, I have to say, like, overall, the episode was great, of course, as usual. I mean, every week we're like, this was better than last week's. Um, but it, like, I just, I'm, I was very impressed by the whole story about their, they definitely went, like, balls to the wall, like, no holds barred, just laid it out on the table and yeah I mean if this hadn't gotten picked up for another season like what a cliffhanger that would have been oh my gosh and I think it's just a gutsy little show and I respect that because mm -hmm. there's just too many especially um shows that know they kind of have this sort of built-in universe set around them don't feel like they need to try that hard you know what I mean like this show just tries this show does the most all the time. Mm -hmm. But in like a really great way. Yeah, in an absolutely great way. I think what I really loved the most about the ending was that there's always this sort of conflicting, this conflicting conversation that occurs in terms of comic book shows about is there some sort of responsibility on the creators and writers part to stick to some sort of comic book canon? Mm -hmm. And which canon is that and what canon is it and what does it look like and you know who's supposed to end up with who and all of this nonsense that goes on with some of the other shows and what I kind of loved is that this show was like I'm gonna take this comic book bible and just toss it out the window <laughs> like here are all the things that you know and we're just gonna turn it completely on its head and now there is no Superman. Like, you signed up for a Superman show, and there's no Superman, and General Zod is in control of the universe, and, you know, Superman's grandpa is in the Phantom Zone, and Brainiac doesn't bottle. Like, all of these things that were, quote-unquote, supposed to happen, nope, they didn't happen. There's an alternate timeline. You don't even know if the Justice League still exists. It's just, we just, we just effed everything up. And I don't, and I don't, and I like, and I love it. I'm like, nope, this is great. Tell me your story. I want to hear your story. Me too. Because I honestly don't hate me, people of the internet, because I'm about to say something that probably some people very much disagree with, but I don't watch adaptations of things necessarily, most of the time, actually, the vast majority of the time, probably, for like a, a straight 
adaptation of something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to see, I don't need to be able to, like, get a book out and, like, read along with it page by page. Like, right. that's not, I read, I read that already. Like, I don't, I want, I want to see something different. And I would much rather it be, and I think Krypton is actually really good at this for all that it throws the actual sort of cannon out the window in places. But I think it's really good at staying true to like the spirit of the thing. Right. Well, and, and I, and I think that that's the thing that's the most important is that as long as the overall like message and point and like, morality of the character that you're talking about is there mm -hmm. it's fine if you change the story a little bit you know when you do things because there's a fine line in adaptations where like you know you can change some things because a lot of stuff particularly when you're talking about like a book for example or even a comic book there are things that do not translate from a page to a tv or a movie screen they just it's just not exactly the same and so you kind of understand, okay, they're going to have to make this change here or there, you know, to, to adapt it. Um, and, but then, you know, there are things sometimes where they, they make a change to the story that like affects the overall outcome or like is, is out of character. Those kind of things bother me, you know, like this person wouldn't do this thing. Yeah. Why are you having them do it? You know, that's not that's not a thing that they would necessarily do. But um you know, I mean, but but with comic books though, there's so many and this is a thing I have I I have this conversation a lot about Gotham cuz people get really hung up on like this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And like comic books have so many different runs and different stories and different iterations and different backstories. Like Brainiac has like five different backstories about who he is. So mm -hmm. which one is quote unquote right? And if, if this one is completely different than those other ones, then I don't understand why that would be offensive. If there are five different options, why can't there just be a sixth one? Like as long as the story's good, I think it's fine. If the story's not good, then that's a different story. You know, like, that's a different, that's a different conversation. You know, like, if the story is kind of, uh, you know, like, yeah, then it's like, what are you doing? But if, if everything is, is good and, and, you know, it works well and you're telling me a cohesive story and there's character development and all of these characters seem to be, you know, who they are supposed to be, then who kind of cares how we get from A to B? And yeah. I like I like that that Krypton has now just just I feel like at the end, you know, everything will get righted and Superman will exist, you know, at, at the at the end of all things. But in the meantime, we're going to get to go on this really cool journey of of what if. I also really hate the, you know, sometimes you get things that are adaptations that are just like this looks nothing like the real thing. It's like they just took the name of this thing that you know and slapped it on this thing that has nothing to do with it. This is such an embarrassing example, but I'm going to use it. Totally perfect. They made a movie of Jen and the, Jen and the Holograms last year. Oh, yeah. The year before that, and it was just... I didn't see it because I love myself, but every trailer I saw for it was just like, why are they calling this movie Jem, like, 
it's about like friends being bitchy to each other. Like synergy doesn't exist. Like it's just the name of their band. It has nothing to do with this. So that's like, I think on the one end of the spectrum of people who are like, I'm making an adaptation of something, which is just like, I want to use the name to try to get you to watch it. Even though I know I'm not going to like honor the thing that you love. So I'm just, I'm of the opinion generally that as long as you sort of, get the spirit of it right, honor the, uh, like, honor the thing that I love that's making me tune into this, and then do what you want. Yeah. Ugh, that gem movie literally looked just like a burning tire fire. Yeah. And I I didn't watch it either, but I know everybody said the same thing. It was like, you basically just slapped the name on this, and it's really not... This is an ABC family movie that you basically just call it a mall. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that kind of stuff is really, like, no. Well, and I feel like this is the kind of show that they could have easily gone that route with it, especially because there isn't a tremendous amount. I mean, it's not like Gotham. It's, so there's not five different runs of, of what happened on Krypton because it doesn't really, the specifics of it don't exist in the same way. So they right. could have really just been like, we're going to make, like, a random sci-fi show and call it Krypton and call it a day. But I think they were really careful to ground it in all the things that make it feel like part of this expanded world of Superman, no matter how, you know, far afield from where we expect it to go, it might go. Right. And I mean, I think, I feel like, and even for me, like when they first announced this show, I was kind of like, I don't care about this. Like, (laughs) why do I want to watch a show about, you know, Superman's grandpa? No one's going to have special powers. Like why, who cares? Um, but they've, like you said, they've done this really good job of sort of connecting it to the larger DC universe. You know, by having Brainiac, by having Doomsday, General Zod, you know, these characters like, yeah, we don't know really much about Seg or Lighter or Nyssa or Jaina or, you know, these people aren't like really real, you know, in, in terms of the comics. But when you have these other little elements, you know, the Phantom Zone and you know, having Adam Strange be there, you know, Adam Strange is a big DC character, so, like, having him there, just even there and existing, allows this interconnectivity to the rest of the DC universe, and so you're able to to feel like it's still about, you know, your comic books, even though, like, it's it's kind of not, and even though they're, like, telling their own story, it's still connected to these other things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like super like, are we gonna see like a Green Lantern? Are we gonna see, you know, the Omega Men, the Justice League? Like I'm intrigued to see if like those people still exist now that the timeline has been changed. I'm already looking forward to our our what is next season going to be about speculation episode because it's gonna be lit. Lit I did some, um, I was, like, Googling because I was trying to figure out, like, if we did get to see a Green Lantern, like, which Green Lantern it would be. Um, because obviously, you know, the Lanterns have their different, if you know anything about the Lanterns, they have their different, like, sectors that they take care of. So I had, like, Googled, like, all right, which Green Lantern is in charge of the sector that, you know, Krypton is in. And, um, it's, it's Tomar Ray. So maybe we'll see him. He's a little alien, little orange alien. Um. So maybe we'll see a Green Lantern, which would be super cool. And it, and it keeps us away from the, like, Hal Jordan Green Lantern, which, you know, they won't allow 
DC won't allow to be on television because they're uh, saving him for the movie that they're never making. I don't... <laughs> There's so many weird rules. I'm still mad. Like, this is a tangent that I won't go down, but I'm still so mad that we didn't get, a, like, a Suicide Squad TV show because they had to make the movie. I like, that would have been such a great TV show. <sighs> yeah. Oh, CW. Was... Mm-hmm. Or that this is, this is probably, like, one of the most bizarre things to me. So, on Gotham... Jeremiah is the Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I they, don't watch a lot of this season, but I, I think I'm about half behind this season, but I remember him. I thought my kid was an awesome actor. Yeah, he's excellent. So, like, he's the Joker, but they're not allowed to call... They're not allowed to use the name the Joker. Seriously? Yep. Um, so exhausting. they can never call him the Joker. And, like, so he can kind of look like him, and w- the audience is supposed to understand that that's who that is, but they will never, they can't refer to him as the Joker. And I'm like, what? <sighs> that's, why? Like, <laughs> like, why? He's not allowed to have green hair. Like, he has, like, purple hair on the show, and he can't wear, like, he can't have green hair and wear, like, a purple outfit. It has to be, like, sli- it's, like, slightly different. But again, it's understood that that's who he is. Like that's that's who the character is. Is he's the Joker, but they can't call him that. That's just wild. And I'm like, I'm. Are you that attached to Jared Leto's version of the? I'm confused. I also don't understand why there is this like assumption that the audience cannot separate. Like people understand that this is something different. Like right? I mean, am I wrong? Are people that dumb? Any Batman movies that they're been, we don't <laughs> all assume that like. Ah. Well, this is the thing I don't get is I'm kind of like it's the same thing with like oh they don't want there to be like a Green Lantern like a Hal Jordan Green Lantern on TV and I'm like why, and they're like well because we want to save that for the movies, okay, well first of all where's my movie, <laughs> and because the last time you guys made a Green Lantern movie it sucked. So I'm not sure why you're holding so clo- holding this property so tight to the vest, um, but like, I don't. I just don't understand. Like, do you think people can't differentiate? Like, I think people understand that like this is a TV show, and this other thing I'm watching is a movie, and they are not connected to one another. It's it's, 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 I, it's something I just really don't. It's really weird. There's these very strange like rules that DC has for their television shows. I don't get it. Like, Diggle totally should have been a Green Lantern. And it would be way cooler than whatever he is, Spartan, on Arrow. Gosh, I don't even... His, his helmet, I just... Stop. <laughs> Tangent. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so, back to Krypton. So <laughs> <laughs> back to Krypton. Back so, to Krypton. So yeah, we, they we're... Doing it. Yay. I can't believe we're here. I'm kind of sad about it. Well, that's where we're going to do a lot of weird... We're going to do some... We're going to do some stuff over the hiatus. Like, I doubt we'll be here every week, but we'll probably be here more than we intend to, doing some weird things. So if you guys have topics, other Superman-related things you would like to hear us talk about, I we're definitely doing an episode where we sort everyone into Hogwarts houses. That's happening. So we're definitely going to do, a, like, a mail episode. So, guys, send us your... We have one email we got. Um, I won't read it because I want to save it for when we when we do it. But send us, you know, either on Twitter or via email, um, you know, what you thought about the season, 
what you think is going to happen next season, what you like to happen next season, and if you have a wish list of things that you'd like to see, if you have some characters that you'd really like to see, you know, if you're way more knowledgeable about comics than we are, and you can kind of foresee, like, a certain character or something popping up, um, you know, send us all of that, and we'll, you know, we'll read it, and we'll talk about it on a, on a podcast, um, yeah, and if you have, like, things, like, should we, are there comics we should read over the break? We'll read them and talk about them. Yeah, I will, um... I would actually I, really like to know more about the comics than I currently know, so... Help. Um, yeah, you know what, I will actually, I will share on our, uh, on our Twitter feed, um, comicbook.com po um, posted an article of, you know... I think it's 10 comics you should read now that Krypton is over. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So it's a nice, happy little list. I teased the the author of the articles, my friend Russ Burlingame, and I was like, Russ wrote an article just for me. Because <laughs> I've been asking him for, like, a list of uh, Superman stuff to read. Because, you know, it is, it's daunting when you, like, look at all the, like, how many years has this been going? Forever? Maybe. <laughs> That's right, 80. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. I don't know where to start in there. I don't know what is good, what's not. Like, that's another topic. I feel like there's definitely going to be a Man of Steel viewing in our future. Um, yeah, we'll definitely do an episode where we watch. I think we should do, um, I think we should watch Superman the movie, and we yeah. should watch Man of Steel and talk about it. Uh, we're going to do, um, like, a just season discussion. We'll have our producer, Andy, come on with us for that. Um we might team up with some other folks too to have some different discussions. I think it would be cool. It's going to be cool. We're going to bring you guys some cool stuff. We're going to try to th try to think of some cool things to talk about. If you have, like Lisa said, if you have something you want us to do, if you have an idea for a hiatus podcast, send it our way. Um, we're always willing to uh, take suggestions. Willing to do pretty much anything. <laughs> and I, I would like to do, so on top of sending us your, your thoughts and, and things about the season and, and the future and what you want to see in season two and all that. Um, tell us your Superman story. Oh, I like that. Uh, I want to know your Superman story. Why do you like Superman? Why do you love Superman? What is your, what is your Superman story? Um, and we what was can, your first Superman? Yeah. Who's your first Superman? Who's your favorite Superman? Why do you love Superman? You know, whatever your, whatever your story is, how did you come to this character and this show? And I think that would be a, a neat conversation too. And hopefully we can get some, uh, some guests to come and join us over the, over the hiatus too, to talk. And maybe we could get a, uh, a comic expert to come on. That would probably be good for us. Yeah. Who can, <laughs> who can kind of, kind of talk us through all this stuff that we don't know anything about. <laughs> but we're so excited. We're legit, like, you know, so happy that we, have gotten to do this this season and that we get to do it all again for season two it has been so much fun and i am so glad to be part of this yeah we thank you guys so much for listening for leaving your reviews for all of your feedback like we're not going anywhere but you know the the season has ended so the uh traditional way that the podcast is is done will will end now and then we'll go into uh to our season i guess it'll be 1.5 right <laughs> I guess so. Didn't we have a season zero? I don't know how we're numbering these things. Yeah, I think we had like an episode. Yeah, I think there was like a season zero beforehand, and then now this is season one. So the in between will probably be like season one and a half. Sounds legit. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, this has been a lot of fun, and and I I've really enjoyed it. It was it was something I'll I'll admit I was like a little hesitant at first because I was like not sure how I was going to feel about the show, and so I was like, oh gosh, I don't know if I want to dedicate my time to a podcast to a show I don't even know if I'm going to like. But it ended up being one of the uh, one of the more fun things that I get to do every week is uh, timeline worked out. Sit down and and talk with with Lacey about the show, and you guys listen to it, so it's really cool. I feel like we've been super sappy this week because we've been <laughs> wrapping up. We've been like DMing sappy things, like tweeting sappy things, but I mean, we're not going anywhere, so sorry. I know it feels like a goodbye <laughs> of some sorts. I, I think before we before the episode started, I tweeted out a big message like, thank you to the cast for this wonderful show. And I'm like, I mean, it's not like the end of anything. <laughs> it's just hiatus. Everyone gets a break. Um, but yeah, but it's been fun. Oh. And we will be back, maybe not next week, it might be the week after, we'll see how everybody's schedule lines up. But, uh, yeah, I guess on that note, Lacey, you can tell them where to find you on the internet. <laughs> if you made it all the way to this part of the podcast, thank you. Um, I'm Lacey MB, pretty much everywhere, L-A-C-Y-M-B. Um, I yell the most on Twitter. If you have opinions you would like to yell with me, not at me, I don't like being yelled at, who does? Um, let's see. What else do I do these days? I'm covering The Flash over at Telltale TV, but that just wrapped up its season. Everything, this is like the sad part of the year where all the shows are ending and like, it's like graduation or something. But, um, yeah, L-A-C-Y-M-B is pretty much me everywhere. Come say hi. Yeah, I know. It always feels like that. but And I'm always like, oh, I'm going to have all this time in the summer to catch up on things that I want to binge watch. And then I don't know what yeah. happens, but that doesn't happen. But yeah, um, you can you can catch me probably not binge watching the list of TV shows that I need to watch um, on Twitter at MimiC1019. And you can also follow my other podcast, which is Hashtag TV Geek. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G TV Geek. We just celebrated our one year anniversary. So we had like a little fun episode where we uh, basically just were like BSing, which is cool because that was sort of the inception of the podcast. Um so yeah, you can catch me yapping over there or on Twitter. And if you want to follow, uh, visit uh, kryptonpodcast.com for all the news. I'm sure we'll, as as uh, October comes, we'll probably get some more news and photos and things like that as they go into production. Um, so oh, I bet they're going to do a Comic Con panel. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm 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 like I'm sending like like prayers to Rao and and lighting candles that they come to New York Comic Con. Because I actually, I go to New York Comic Con, I don't go to San Diego Comic Con. So I'm like, please come I'm, to New York. I'm going to San Diego, so say hi if you're going to be there. <laughs> I've already, um, I've already been blessed and New York Comic Con is getting uh, Ben Savage, Will Friedle, and Daniel Fischel. And I'm like, I'm going to get to meet my Boy Meets World people. I'm so excited. So if I, if we could add the Krypton crew, that would just make my life. Um, <laughs> but... I would drag it up to New York if we, if we like, you know got the Krypton cast. That'd yeah, be great. that would be great. Um, but yeah, so anyway, sorry, tangent. Um, if you go to kryptonpodcast.com, you'll find all sorts of information, or you could just follow us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter at Krypton podcast. We'll be posting all kinds of things there. If again, if you, you know, send us your questions, thoughts, thoughts about the season, thoughts about the finale, thoughts for, you know, projections, predictions, wish list for season two um at uh you're going to send that to krypton podcast at gmail.com 
and you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And um, while you're on iTunes, if you could hit us up with some five star reviews, it's a really nice way to support the podcast and us. Um, tell us how you liked. It, you know, we took over this podcast and we really enjoyed it. So let us know what you enjoy uh, most about Krypton and most about the podcast. And you can follow the entire DC TV podcast network. If you're still listening, bless you. Uh, featuring epic podcasts for every DC TV show at dctvpodcast.com. You can follow the entire network on social media at DCTV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And last but not least, there is a mega feed for all of the shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And that concludes season one of Krypton. Woohoo! Bye!